0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day find us at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from
1: this is the grit and barrett podcast a podcast devoted to the 11-time carter cup champion the hershey bears We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, everyone. Happy New Year happy 2022 everyone new year new you (laughs) are you tired of hearing that yet i bet you are i bet you're tired of all the facebook posts and all the pictures of your aunts and uncles pork and sauerkraut uh plates this time of year you know you get typically two kinds of facebook posts at the new year, it's somebody that's partied a little too hard, or your great-grandma's or, uh, uncle's and niece's pictures of their pork and sauerkraut they're having this time of year. That was a bit random, but, oh well, let's go with it. Welcome to the podcast, everyone, and hope everyone has enjoyed your holidays. As you noticed, there was no episode last week. I gave myself the, uh, the, uh, the holiday off, uh, the reason being... Um, unfortunately, I hit a little bit of a a holiday wall, per se. There's just a lot going on with myself and all the cancellated games, corona Chun, just going on a holiday tear, the NHL shutting down, the world a horrible place. It just gets to you. It really does. And with no hockey to really help alleviate a lot of things, I just kind of felt myself dragging to the holiday finish line. And I did enjoy the holidays, I really did. And thank you to everyone who actually, you know, who listened right before the holidays. We got the episode out before the holidays. And uh, there was some Bears hockey, so we're going to have to go back a little bit because another reason I did this episode uh, late um, is because the Bears had two uh, games last week, but we only had one game this week, this weekend. New Year's weekend, and I didn't want to do an entire episode that did w- dealt with two episodes and then do another episode that just had one game, so I just thought to take the corner and just wrap everything up in one big episode as we get back into the new year and uh, really hope everybody out there had themselves a good holidays, you know, enjoyed them as much as you're legally allowed to in whatever way you did. I don't judge. I don't tell you how to go out there and enjoy the holidays. Just go out there. And uh, if Corona-chan has gotten you at all, hang in there. Remember, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. As Red Green once said before, it became trendy. But the boys, last Monday, we're going way back on this, actually had a hockey game. Yes, finally. Thank the gods. Because as we know, Omnicron is spreading throughout the hockey world. It affected the World Juniors, and believe me, boys and girls, we will get to that. We will get to that. Um, cancellations everywhere. No hockey up in Canada. No cross-border games. AHL dropping like dropping like flies. Games getting postponed. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. And. What happened at a game before um, um, Christmas was supposed to be a Wednesday night game between the Bears and the Phantoms. And what ended up happening, you know, people were a little nervous that the game was going to happen. The Tuesday before, we had a lot of PTO signings. We had a lot of guys we had to call in. We signed a guy called Mikhail Vela, who was literally, come in, sign the contract, make a jersey for him, test negative, get on the bus, Go. And uh, predictably, we uh, we lost the game and played like crap for 55 minutes. Not their fault, because we had a, a roster put together of chicken wire and duct tape. Not their fault. But um, that following Wednesday, we were skeptical whether the game was going to happen. And then at 4 p.m., old Helmsy made the call. Ten minutes later, I got an email from the Bears. Five minutes later... My beloved, she texted me, she got the call at 4.15 that the Bears game between the Bears and the Phantoms was postponed. At 4.15, 4.30 was became more widely known among Bears fans who did not, have, who did not follow socials. So 45 minutes before doors open, an hour before doors open for everybody, the game was postponed. Now, in these unprecedented times... Trademark, yeah, I get it, I do, but to whack a game that, that soon, it's freaking Christmas week, people may have left early from work, you had people leaving from work, their real jobs to come do this side job at Giant Center, hell, you probably had managers already there getting schedules ready, Zach doing pre-game prep, other stuff, yes, I get it, do you want to make those calls? Didn't know, maybe, but I'd want to make them earlier in the day. Because, let's, let, let's just say hypothetically. Hypothetically. We had morning skate. practices is at 10 a.m., everyone. You get there, and you only have like 10 guys there, you know, who are healthy. Seven forwards, maybe Shepard shows up, and a couple of defensemen. You get word that some more positives have come down. And you can't really sign anyone else. So you're like, alright, it's Christmas, we got guys in protocol, D-d-d-d-d- practice is over, everybody go home, go, we're done here, I'm out Jerry, we're done. And said at noon, the game's postponed, Merry Christmas. Would, would we as fans have been upset? Eh, a little bit. But saying that at noon is a hell of a lot better at saying it at 430 and I know I can hear it. Would you want to make those type of calls? Again, no, I wouldn't, but I'd want to make them earlier in the day. Hindsight's 2020, as Steve Spurrier once said. But that was a while ago. But the reason why I bring this up, and and I'm sorry you're gonna hear COVID talk throughout this entire this entire podcast, is because now consumer confidence in the Bears having a game has been shot Uh, not completely but it goes from mainly about 80% down to 40% because what you have done you've set the precedent that a game can be cancelled all the way up to 4 o'clock in the afternoon especially a home game and what you have essentially done has said no game is safe no game is safe isn't that a little bit of overreacting is it is it? You just canceled a game at 4.30. An hour before doors opening. Who's to say that's not going to happen again? We play Toronto in a few weeks. The Canadian teams aren't crossing the border. Vancouver did l- the other day. Well, Canadian teams aren't crossing the border. You know, we're going up to Syracuse this coming week. The Bears are. We aren't. But um, is that going to be the same thing? It just... It doesn't send a good message. And while, yes, this is a hashtag fluid situation, you got to have a cutoff point a little bit better. A little bit better. Do better? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. But you said at the beginning of the year, we wanted to restore the roar. We wanted to bring the fans back. And you're starting to get that. Fans do want to come back. This is a fun and exciting team that's starting to find their own. But when you're canceling games at literally the last minute, it puts a bit of hesitation in the minds of your fans. So while that game didn't happen, on Monday, the 26th, 27th, Games were getting postponed left and right. Rockford and Iowa not happening. Utica, Rochester, Ontario, San Diego, uh, Bakersfield, and San Jose. We were literally the last game standing. And, you know, why not? Why not? Just 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 postpone it. Why not? We've done it. We've done it multiple times this month. Why the hell not? We're supposed to have 12 games this month. We've only played four. But it happened. <laughs> it, it happened. I was doom-scrolling on Twitter. Refreshing the bear's feed and there was Zach with the picture from the card table in section 100 in Wilkesbury. All right, everyone's up there. We're gonna do this and the boys we're gonna take on those no good dirty, filthy rotten Wilkesbury Scranton penguins post Holland days for everyone. and a rather decent crowd there in Wilkesbury, all 25 of them. And uh, I'll give friend of the show, um, who plays Tux, it, it Tux was absolutely up there, just giving it it all. My God, his team sucks, and he's admitted as such. But he's out there performing. Bless him, bless him. He's trying. I miss not being able to see him. But anyway, this was it. Felt like a typical Wilkesbury game that. The baby pens, they came out a bit flying. They had some energy. They were moving pucks around, getting shots in on, on the goaltending. And I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy, this is going to be like the Phantoms all over again. And it kind of had that old school Wilkes-Barre feel to it a little bit. It kind of had that feeling of survive the first 10 minutes and you'll be fine. And as bad as Wilkes-Barre is... They try to punch you in the mouth the first 10 minutes. Maybe catch you off guard. Maybe get a quick goal. But the boys held their own. They weathered the storm, and they started finding their legs a little bit more. You know, started getting some more uh, shots in as well. But Wilkes-Barre gets a late power play as, um uh, let's see here, checking the game report, as we got hit for tripping, yep, tripping on Riley Sutter. And, um, you know, (laughs) Wilkes-Barre got the first two penalties of the game, and there were a good amount of penalties on this, and uh, (laughs) uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. By the way, your goaltenders tonight were Hunter Shepard and Louis Dalming. Louis Dalming, you might remember him from such teams as the Springfield Thunderbirds as well, but Wilkes-Barre is able to work the puck around and this is the worst power play in the entire league, or is that the worst penalty kill? Anyway, um, drugs works it down low in the corner, throws it into the circle on Pouliot shot, scores. Sam Pouliot just rips a nice shot from the circle. Well done, you rat! And Wilkesbury's on the board first, and that mutant goal horn of theirs goes off, and it's one nothing Wilkesbury. At the end of one with Wilkesbury leading in shots 10-6. to six. Again, weather the storm of the first 10 minutes. But I'll give Hershey credit. And I'll actually give Scott Allen credit. If there's one thing, starting to notice with the boys a bit more, that they are becoming a second-period team. That they are making adjustments. They're not just throwing their head against the wall the entire game with the same strategy and hopes that it works. Yeah, this team—it's—it's it's starting a little bit to get their motor running, but when it does, <laughs> does this team get going? I'm starting to see the legs. I'm starting to see the speed, and start seeing the hop, up, 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 and I love it. I absolutely love it. And we get a power play as Wilkesbury starts getting into some um, uh 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 power play. I mean, some uh, penalty trouble, and um. I think this was when Cam Lee went off for a roughing. And, oh, boy, the fans didn't hate it. But who cares? I didn't. And the Bears just, just get some good puck moving, some good speed into the zone. Over to Damoski. Shot scores! Ryan Damoski. Bada-bing. He's on fire. Three goals in three consecutive games. Four consecutive games. Oof-da.
0: Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And to think we signed him to a PTO. I think. And the
1: Bears have tied the game at 1-1. Great job by the boys. Getting the power play working on the man advantage. Now, an interesting kind of thing kind of happened at near the end of the second. With about uh, 12 minutes to go, Um, Jake Massey comes in and nails one of the uh, Wilkes-Barre players. Uh, Jordy Belvari gets nailed right into the boards. It was sort of a spin hit, and Belvari was turning into Massey. It looked rougher than what it was. But, yeah, that's a penalty. Penalty, and in comes Sam Pulian, who just comes out. All right, you come on, come on, let's go. And they start jostling, but the puck is free. Wilkesbury, get it. Throws, crossing feet, scores. No, no, no goal, no goal, no goal. The fight started. The play was blown dead because of the fight. The goal is washed out. Doesn't count. And I learned something: a fight can cancel a goal. The two guys were throwing down. The ref blew the play dead because of the scrum and, um, and the nastiness. And wilkes wiped out their own goal. Almost. And oh my god, did I hear it from Penns fans on Twitter. Oh, the league's protecting Hershey. The league's protecting them. They took a goal away from us. I hope they're held accountable for what they are doing. What? Accountable for what? Kicking your butts? Not... uh, Oh, yeah. We're being protected. We're the most penalized team in the entire league. Yeah, sure, Jen. We're being protected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. O- okay, Chirper. Okay, yeah. Yeah, go on. Skedaddle. Go. Bye. So, it turns into a four-on-four scenario with uh, Massey going to the box. So does Pullion. Pullion gets a 10-minute ten, ten because of the instigation. And uh, we, we end the period still tied at one. And this was one of those games where I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? You know how are we gonna play in all this? How's this gonna go? And we get early into the third as more penalty for uh for uh, for as Jonathan Gruden. What's ever happened to him? Uh, gets the hook. You know the hook is the crook, Jerry. The hook is the crook. And the Bears again love. They were winning faceoffs all night. I love it when they do that, especially. Offensive zone, power play, you get set up a lot easier that, that way. Winning the faceoff to Moski's been amazing in the faceoff circle. Gets it back out to Frondin. Frondin looking from the circle. Rister tip scores! And wouldn't you know, it's Mad O'Clock, everyone! Mad O'Clock gives the Bears the lead. On a power play goal, 2-1, the Bears are in front. Huzzah! Lovely stuff. Matt Molson doing what he does best, standing in front of the goalie, tips the puck, and it's in the net. Second assist of the night. Nu- second assist, did I read that quickly? correctly? No, assist goes to Franzen. The way it's read here on the report, I thought Franzen got a second assist. He was just on the ice for the goal, but Franzen, good to have him back, makes it 2-1 Hershey, and I'm not resting on, on this lead. I'm not, not by any means, because I know what this Wilkesbury team could do. But the Bears, they're still pressing. They're not giving Wilkesbury anything. Wilkesbury dumps the puck into the zone. Bears are on it. Transition game. Three on twos broken up before anything can come of it. Shots from the point. Missed the net entirely. What the hell's going on with Wilkesbury? I mean, to think back in November, we thought they were a good, bad team. No. They just suck. And later on in the third, Ryan Damoski left all alone in the slot. high Rister scores! Fed out by Joe Snively in in front, and Damoski deposits it. His second of the game, six of the season, makes it 3-1 Hershey. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. The Bears are able to tack on one more less than a minute later as big, malenstein rips one from the circles past louis Ming, and everything's coming up hershey 4-1 hershey out shooting wilkes that that period 15 to 3 three of them go in the net and oh my god it's not a laugher but geez what a horrible third for wilkes who can't get anything going. They pull the goalie. Not that it matters. And good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Wilkes Barre, as cousin John Walton would say. Bears win it four to one. The final up there in the arena in the shadow of a mountain. Good day at the office all around. The penalty killing was was great for the guys as well. And of course, it was a special teams. Uh, let's see here. Da-da-da-da-da. Three power play goals by them. All. Lovely, lovely stuff. Great to see. The three stars of the night were uh, Sam Pulleon for Wilkes-Barre he gets third because, of course, Matt Molson the second, and Ryan Domoski with two goals on the night gets the first star. Great job. Absolutely great. Especially having a long time off. You get some bodies back, but it's good to see a lot of speed coming with these guys. The speed and the skill starting to come through. And the passes are now connecting. The defense is now solidifying, and the Bears are looking really, really good. Now, one could also say, well, it's wilkes and they suck, and you're not wrong, but you play the teams that are in front of you. You know, these are wins we should be collecting, and we are, and I'm, and I'm honestly glad that, that we are, and you know, yeah, things are nuts in the world right now but it's good to see the boys back. It really is. But we weren't done with Wilkes-Barre, boys and girls. Oh, no, and they were not done with us. For we have a little midweek hockey, ladies and gentlemen. And it's, you know, I always see the weekend between Christmas and New Year's as sort of this, this odd time in the world that, you know, we have that that fun time of, of, of Christmas and then... It's that week in between Christmas and New Year's. Some people work, some people don't. But I think we can all agree 100% really not given this week. So midweek hockey during this time of year, I'm good with that. Wish I could have been there, but we had some midweek hockey as Wilkesbury came back to return the favor and Giant Center was alive once again. It was really busy. Over 9,000 people showed up for the game last Wednesday, and I should know, I, I heard from a lot of people how very busy it was, especially from the food stands. <clears throat> so, you know, unfortunately, I was at work, I know, sad for me, I was, but I, I, my friends started popping off on my phone at around like 6.30, I'm like, what What the hell's going on? It's 6.30, the game hasn't even started yet. And I see ding ding, ding, ding ding ding. what? Why are they uploading four photos at once? And oh, Wilkesbury's wearing wa- their white helmets, and they're wearing their black jerseys with the black pants and black socks, and they're wearing white helmets. Okay, um i uh, I think, uh wow. First off, that's a fashion disaster to think their mothers let them go outside wearing that. But in all seriousness, I think... Hold on. Hold on. I think the general consensus from us was that Wilkes-Barre was expecting to wear their white jerseys because we kind of do this stupid uniform swap after the holidays like the ECHL does. We, we wear white at home and colors on the road, and then after the New Year's, Boom! Switch them, we wear our darks at home and whites on the road. If it sounds stupid, it's because it is. Excuse me, a little sip of Perrier there. Back to the action. So, we're looking at this and we're going... (laughs) They must have thought they were going to wear their white jerseys and the Bears were going to wear their chocolates. But they get there and the Bears are like, Uh, no. No, we're still wearing our whites. You guys... No. Did you guys bring your dark jerseys? Yeah. Uh, But we brought our white helmets Ha <laughs> ha, deal with it <laughs> They looked fantastic And by fantastic, I mean stupid Anyway uh, Now There's one other thing I didn't, men- I didn't mention here The NHL announced this past week Was that they got back up and running Mostly at 60% Because of Canada But that's another show to combat with the ever-changing Omnicron variant and how COVID is really spreading this time of year, the NHL announced the return of taxi squads. Oh, you remember those stupid things from last spring? Well, they're back. It's the return of the revenge of the taxi squad. Now, here's what the taxi squad is, boys and girls. The taxi squad is where you can take a amount of players I think three forwards two defensemen and a goalie you can take them from your ECHL squad and put them separately from everyone else they're somewhat recalls but they're not playing you keep them as in case shite happens that's what they are they're in case shite happens I'm sorry to use the language but that's basically what they are in case crap happens. So, you get to the rink, somebody pops a positive. Okay, uh, we lost a forward. We got a forward? We have a forward. Mike Scarbosa? All right, get him in. Oh, oh, look. Um, uh, Samsonov has a cough this morning. Oh, darn, we got to test him. Got a goalie. Ah, Copley. All right, bring him in. Bring him in. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hop, 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 hop. They are already up in Washington, so that way you can just pull them off the shelf and they're ready to go. That's what taxi squads are. Unfortunately, for all of you thinkers out there going, hey, that sounds like it's really taxing on your minor league team because you're calling up an additional five to seven players than what you usually would instead of around two or three. And if you have said that, ding, 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 that's the fun minefield we have to go through now. This is really going to challenge some teams' organizational depth. If you're a team that does not have a lot of depth in the pipeline, oh, dear God, you are doomed. Hence, in case, the team out on the ice tonight, the Wilkes-Barre's Grand Penguins. So, we go at it. First period. It kind of starts out like what we had back on Monday. Sort of starts out like that. Wilkes-Barre's pushing that first 10 minutes. They're getting pucks into the zone. They're starting to fire some on net. Okay, okay, this is fine. This is fine. You know, we can handle them. Just handle the first 10 minutes. Just stick them. stick them. And the first 10 minutes sort of turns into the first 20, which is where okay, not much happened. Hershey started to push back in the last five to seven minutes of the first period getting them shots in on Diorio and Diorio, to his credit, has done a half decent job. So, at the end of one, it's zero. Zero's on the board. Okay. Oh, did I forget to mention one other thing in this game? No Matt Molson. That's right. (gasps) no captain. That means it's not Matt O'Clock. There's no Matt O'Clock before the new year. What type of world are we living in? Anyway. Anyway, so it's a lot of youth out there tonight. A lot of young legs. Okay, fine. We'll go with that. Second period underway. And... Hershey presses again. They get their speed going. They get the, the game o- opening up. And I've noticed is that one thing they're doing, they are putting traffic in front of Alex Diorio. They are taking away his eyes. They are putting big beefy boys and uh, medium sized players in front of Diorio and he can't see. They take his eyes away from him. So, so back out to the point. There's Tobias Geiser. Rister on the way, scores! Tobias Geiser! In his 70th game, you want to talk about a guy who was due? That's who was it. Tobias. Tobias Wildlife gets it in. His first professional goal. Bless him. And one thing I, I, I noticed with this goal, DiOrio had no clue where this puck was. Sort of follow me with the mic. I'm going to move this mic down here a little bit. And DiOrio is going, hey, hey, get out of the way. Can't see. Hey, where where's the puck at? Oh, oh crap. Oh, crap. You, you, you're really not going to? You're not going to get that guy out in front of me? I couldn't see, guys. Come on, guys.
0: Come on. I couldn't see. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the U.K. for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.
1: Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do
0: I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. for prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Do better. Come on. So, all right. Hershey gets the first points. We're on this. We're going to take them. We're going to get to these guys and rush up along the way. Gets a put... Puck in on Ed. shot, pad, save, rebound, scores! Vela! Vela? Who? Vela. Who? Velveeta? Who? Mikel Vela. You mean that guy we signed last week? Yes. Scores for Hershey and makes it 2-0 Hershey. This this was just fast, on the rush, shot, pad, save, rebound, scores in the net. Uncle Doc would have been proud. 2-0 Hershey. Lovely stuff. It is fun times in Hershey, but not even two minutes later, once again, Bears streaking in on the, on the ice, getting the speed going, getting the legs, getting, making life for DiOrio miserable. Mason Morelli on the ring, shot, kicks right, kick save by DiOrio. Nicely done. It goes to number 11. Number 11 plays for Hershey. That's Morelli, collects his own rebound and into the net. 3 0 Hershey, and Alex DiOrio needs a hug. Ooh, it's rough. Oh, that's rough stuff for him. Three goals in the span of nine minutes. And Hershey, three nothing. Is this going to be another laugher? Is it? It sure seems that way. And again, I know Wilkes-Barre sucks. You're not telling me anything new. The speed game going, taking advantage of other teams' mistakes. I like where this is going. But the Bears weren't done yet. And... They are just making things hell in Wilkes-Barre zone, causing turnovers. The four-checking game. Are we becoming a four-checking team like what Hartford was back about last year? Quite possibly. So we work it around the boards, and they throw in. Nice save around Diorio, Passes it back onto the point. There's Bobby Nardella at the top of the circle. Wide freaking open. Rister scores! 4 nothing Hershey. And this is, once again, you know what I talked about on the first goal? Lots of traffic. Same thing. I'm seeing duariel just look. Hey, hey, see Where is it? Where is it? Oh, God. Come on. Come on. Did, did, who put this guy in front of the net? And normally the guy we have out there is Matt Molson, who usually does that. Nothing against him, but we're kind of doing okay without him. I hate saying that. I really do. But, um, you know, I'm not saying, just saying. Also, Wilkesbury sucks. Four nothing. But if there's one annoying little habit that Hershey tends to do is that when they score a goal, they can kind of <laughs> give it right back. And this one they did. Wilkesbury scored about 23 seconds later to make it four-1. Yeah. All right, so they had to do something to stop the proverbial bleeding and makes it four-1. Give them a goal, let them feel good about themselves. So we head into the third. We got to put this little baby to bed cuz it's the last game of the year. Ha 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 ha. And just again getting the forechecking going again, getting some getting some bodies in front of the net. Goes back out to the point. Dylan Mickelrath just takes a few steps off the blue line, rips a wrister, scores. Oh wow. Big Mac. Big Mac. I don't they call him Big Mac? It's odd. Then again, I haven't had to say a lot about him. Wait a minute. He's 42. 42 is the answer to everything. There you go. There's the great answer for Hershey. 42 is the answer to everything. And it's 5-1 Hershey. Lovely, lovely, lovely. It's going to be one of those nights that, yes, there's going to be a lot of park traffic because we had the theater going. We had Hershey Park. It's midweek. Hardly anybody's working unless you really have to. But it's one of those games where people are scoring, it's a blowout, and everyone in the parking lot is going to be going, (laughs) we're having fun, We're, we're playing music, no, you go, you go, we're fine, I don't have to be anywhere tomorrow, go, everybody lets each other out of the parking lot, you love those type of games. But in this game, we had one last piece of unfinished business, one more person still had to get on the board. Who's been hot? Who's been real hot? And the Bears made sure to get it happen. 842 left in, in the third. Morelli takes it in, drops it off to number 12. Rister scores on the far post. Beats Diorio. 6 1, Hershey. And it's number 12. Ryan Damoski. Goals in five straight games. Bada bing He's smoking. In the words of Hades. From Disney's Hercules, the television series. Yes, there was such such a thing. Go look it up. 6-1 Hershey. It's a laugher. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Wilkesbury. 5-0 against the baby penguins to start the season. Great stuff. You love to see it. You love to see it. And and here's something else I've just kind of noticed. We are 14-9-1 and something. But those five wins against Wilkes-Barre, that's what puts us up above 500. And I know, I know, I know, just, just enjoy it. We're beating Wilkes-Barre. Yes, I know, I know. You beat the teams that are in front of you. You beat the teams that are in front of you. Look at the Miami Dolphins right now. You know, they've, they've in football, seven-game winning streak, back above 500 in the, in the playoff hunt. Though A lot of teams they've beaten aren't really all that great. But you won the games that you're supposed to win. Hershey beat these her Wilkesbury twice. They've beaten them all one, two, three, four times we played them this month. They're a team we're supposed to beat. So, you know, do whatever. Do what you gotta do to stay in the hunt, even if it means getting easy experience points. You know, beating beating the level level ten monsters in the slow grind. But it, but it helps you get your scoring confidence up. Helps you get the legs moving. And after that, the boys were pretty much done until Sunday. Because on Sunday, Cruddy Sunday, we welcome the Bridgeport Islanders. Screw you, Lamorello. Screw you. You know... I love the shade that, that Zach was throwing on, on the broadcast. Well, you know, every time you go to Bridgeport, you got to make sure you bring your sunscreen and your shades because Bridgeport's an island. <laughs> the shade! Love it. Love it. And this, this Bridgeport organization... Deserves all the shade that gets thrown their way. They're still the Sound Tigers to me, damn it. But before we go on with this podcast, this mega podcast, and I thank you everyone who is listening, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. But before we continue, Bears fans and hockey fans in general, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. Has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner. Once any shot gets past the goaltender, new customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. Doesn't matter how it happens. As long as one gets by the goaltender, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, PA only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit and one dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. And we're back here on the grit and Barrett. Catch up New Year's Megacast. Thank you to everyone who has been listening so far. It's been a bit of a slog, a bit of a grind. I know you're looking at the, it's the 40-minute point, and you're like, oh, well, shouldn't you be wrapping this up? Nope, nope. There's plenty more where this came from. This is what happens when you go on a week-long vacation. So, the Bears were at it. First game of the new year. New year, uh, no, wait, we already did that. So, now is the time that we are going to bring about a team I've been waiting to see for quite some time a team that all of you know who I feel about, and it's not the Phantoms, it's not the Penguins. We are welcoming to the first time this season the Bridgeport Islanders. <laughs> Screw you, Lamorello! Screw you! All right, all right. For those of you who didn't listen to the podcast last year let me just give you a a reset of my take on the Bridgeport Islanders. All the way back in April, Bridgeport announced that they were rebranding themselves. For 20 years, they've been calling themselves the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Sound Tigers. Sound? Their team plays in Long Island Sound Tigers, Uh, obviously minor league name. Bring the two together, and it's an awesome-sounding name. The Sound Tigers. Sounds like something you run into in D&D or in a champion superhero session. It's an awesome-sounding name. I love it. Plus, you hear him say, Sound Tigers! It's fantastic. It's a really underrated nickname throughout the entire league. Well, the great powers that be in the New York Islanders organization decided to rebrand the Sound Tigers, and thus... The Bridgeport Islanders were born. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bridgeport, Connecticut is in western Connecticut. Oh, so it's on like a small island. Uh, no. No. It's actually landlocked. It's a Bridgeport. It's a port city. It's a sort of... Dump. But anyway, it's, yeah, it's a very industrial area. The, the, the Webster Bank Arena sits at Harbor Yard. That's not a cute nickname. That's what it's called. The horn is a shipping horn. So what about this, says Islanders? And when they rebranded, they put out that stupid infograph of here's what all of our uh, hidden meanings in our logo means. Oh, joy. I love it when teams do this. The stick B, it's a hockey stick upside down in the, you know, the the blade part. It's the top part of the B. And then in, like, marker, it's written uh, written the other part of the B. The stick tape that's on it is actually the NY logo in the New York Islanders. If you squint really hard, you can see it. He says wearing the sarcasm hat. Seriously, nobody cares. Stop doing this. Oh, but it gets better better because we call ourselves the Islanders because we're the bridge to the next generation of Islanders oh my god will you stop this is getting ridiculous I mean what you you, you your ECHL team is called the Wooster Railers Hockey Club you're gonna call them the Islanders or baby Islanders let's go with that what's a baby Island I don't know let's go with it but lastly here's the one that drove me you know just really got me It said, the color of champions, blue and orange, because who doesn't love a splash of blue and orange? Now, this would be true. If oh, I don't know if the island if the Bridgeport Sound Tigers were doing their own thing and wearing, I don't know, blue on blue, or maybe wearing black and yellow and not really wearing Islanders colors. Except for the better part of 15 years, they've been wearing the exact same goddamn uniforms the Islanders have! Who loves a splash of champions? They wear carbon copies of the Islanders ever since 2009. When the Islanders went retro, they have worn the same goddamn thing. Those stupid Wardmark jerseys that that the Islanders had in 2012, bam, Bridgeport made those. A black jersey in 2014, oh, well, Bridgeport's going to wear that too. They've copied everything. Every single damn thing that the Islanders have worn. People know that they're the Islanders affiliate. You see Islanders jerseys all over the place in Bridgeport. I've been there. I've seen it. Yet you want to sell me that they need to now wear the colors of champions, blue and orange, when they already freaking have. Am I yelling? I'm yelling, aren't I? My point is, This rebrand was unnecessary. This rebrand was only done because quite possibly this team's going to move to Nassau County Veterans War Memorial Coliseum for logistical reasons. Bridgeport may may be losing their American Hockey League team. It's happened to Binghamton. Why not do it to Bridgeport? It's a goddamn shame. It's a good fan base that's there. Rant over. Let's get into the game. And let me tell people about the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, this team, even though being dead last in the division, they're not terrible. Wilkes-Barre Scranton, they suck. They they suck on toast. Bridgeport lost a lot of one-goal games. They had they played Hartford and Springfield at their opponents' proverbial peaks all the way back in October and November. They lost to really, really good teams. This team has talent in Chris Terry, Nat DeCole, Richard Panic, Cole Bardreau, good season vets, and a healthy schmattering of Islanders prospects. Not to mention, Ken Don't Call Me Applebee's is there as well. So, they're not a bad team in some way. They just have bad luck. So, what I'm trying to say is, Do not take this team for granted, because Lord knows, boys and girls, they'll make you pay. They'll play very tough. As we like to say, they are a good, bad team. But we're underway in the first period, and you know, Bridgeport played last night, and Hershey hasn't played in about five days. About five days, so, alright, Hershey should have the fresh legs. There's a lot of sloppy passing going on, Passes getting broken up. Bridgeport's getting in lanes, and uh, okay, it's getting a little rough out there. But the Bears, they, they're they putting some good shots on Ken Appleby, and the Bears are already up 6 nothing in shots, even though Bridgeport was able to come down and perhaps get some good runs going, but can't really get a shot on goal or really even threaten Zach Fucali there at his end. And the Bears drive the puck down in the net, and Morelli tries to do a wraparound on Ken Appleby. Can't do it. Kicks it out to Gershich. Throws it on net. Gets it down. Kind of loses it. Gershich gets its own rebound and scores! Shane Gershich. He's done well against Bridgeport. He likes playing them, and it's one nothing Hershey. Yes! Nice job, boys. Real nice job. Lo- y- you uh, you love to see it. You really do. But um, remember what I said about that talent? These guys had Bridgeport, does a couple of stretch passes, gets one out to mid-ice, taps one right through the zone, right to Chris Terry on a breakaway. Oh, my God. Skates and all alone shoots scores. Chris Terry is a level 92 sniper. Do not approach. All stats maxed. And um, that was the first shot on Zach Bucalli the entire, like, 12 minutes of the first period. Yeah, that was his first shot he faced. That's not good. But anyway, anyway, it's Bridgeport. They're going to be good. They're not going to go away easy. Let's get right back at it. Second period. And I've noticed the plays getting a little bit uglier. It's getting a little chippy. This is what happens when we play Bridgeport. Remember, Phoenix Copley once fought against Bridgeport and made a name for himself during a blizzard. These things tend to happen, so Bridgeport, things get a little chippy. And um, I'm noticing Bears passes are going a little fast and a little hard and are bouncing off of sticks, jumping sticks. Guys aren't collecting the pucks. There's dump-ins into the Bridgeport zone that just don't really turn into anything. Bridgeport bumping guys off pucks and checking them and beating Hershey to pucks. This is um, um it's a little concerning there, boys. This is a little... This is something. I don't like to see. But um second period the boys are trying to get the game the uh the legs going. They're really trying and into the zone they they go. It's a two two on two two on one. I wanted to say you have Garrett Pilon and AJ and AJ streaking in. I'm going up to AJ. He's going into the slot. My but, buddy Joe goes patience. I'm like patience. Pilon just skates in, goes to the circles, looks Looks, shoots, scores, picks his spot and puts it, spotting, but what the hell was that? Joe looks at me and goes, "Patience, my student, patience." And that's what happens. Could Pilon have gotten it to AJ? Maybe, but AJ was a decoy. He just wanted Applebee to have that moment of hesitation, and once he did, he saw it. Whew. Far side beats him near the blocker I guess but what I don't care it's beautiful it's Garrett Pilon it's in the net and the boys are up 2-1 on Bridgeport now if you're expecting us to actually blow um Bridgeport out of the water like we did it Wilkesbury <laughs> no Bridgeport's a competent team don't think that this that um they're just going to roll over and die like Wilkesbury did no 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 Bridgeport will fight they'll fight it's in them it's there they will. And the game gets into the third and just starts to devolve de- into bad passes and bouncing pucks and guys falling over. Why are we falling over? What the hell's going on? But Bridgeport is able to get that equalizer. as They are able to win a puck battle below the net. Throws it out in front, and Bridgeport just scores. Guy left all alone right in front of Fukali. And Bridgeport ties it at two. Son of a skunk. All right. All right. Just gotta dig deep against these guys, you know. They they they're they're a tough, gritty team. Not that kind of gritty, but just they're a, a tough team. So, all right. All right, let let's get the speed going again. That to beat them. Let's let's get the legs going. But we can't. Can't get the legs going. Pucks get dumped in and passes just fly all over the ice. Guys are doing blind spin passes. And we get into the zone and Richard Ponick breaks it up and um there's Pez, and they go up the ice and dump the puck in. Bridgeport gets it. A check gets thrown, and a pass into the neutral zone that gets broken up. And Garrett P. <sighs> hey, he just some And Cal mm-hmm. Bell. Holy yeah. Um, right, um, it's west of the Pecos. Mm-hmm. Uh, What? nutter? Oh, God. Oh, God, this was a slog to get... third period, there was nothing. And I'm making it sound interesting. There was nothing. So, into overtime we go. We're going to overtime. And my buddy Jesse said at the beginning of the third, we're playing to get a point. We're not playing to win. We're playing just to get a point, just to survive. And... Granted, some other teams in the division weren't playing particularly well that day. So we nicked a point. We got a point. No matter what, we're going to gain in the standings. But it just didn't feel like we were playing to win. We were just playing to get a point. Whatever. This felt like a Sunday game in Bridgeport. And those are never fun. We're going to overtime. And we put out there Bobby, AJ, and who is that? Who else? Bobby, AJ and Pelon, oh, God, he wants to end it early. All right, all we got to do is win the faceoff, and we can move the puck up and get a quick shot, and we lose the faceoff. Great. So Bridgeport plays a slow, methodical, and painful type game. They take it easy. They just wait and wait. They move the puck around, and we're able to get the puck back out, and we get a new set on. It's Gersich, Morelli, and Geiser? You're putting in a big, beefy boy, stay-at-home defenseman to Vice Geister? Why the hell is he in there? He doesn't have any speed. He doesn't have any legs. Why is he in there? He breaks up a a two-on-one charge by Bridgeport just by kneeling on the ice. Oh, that's why you have him there. You have him in because he's a big, beefy boy who can get the puck. And Bridgeport's trying to play around They're trying to wait for their slot Shane Gersuch slaps the puck out of the zone And catches up to him He's in, he's in on a breakaway One of the guys is trying to catch him Is that Cole Bardreau? It might be Gersuch is in the slot The stick, the defender's coming in Sort of gets a stick on him Is able to slot the puck And a low slider goes past Appleby And in, it's over Shane Gersuch has ended the game And Ken Appleby Wants to go home He looks to the heavens, and the goalie is toast. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Bridgeport. As John Walton has said, Bears win it 3-2 the final. Oh, what great stuff. Good, good stuff. I mean, yeah, it wasn't exactly like a a tough, gritty win we won with speed and skill. But um, that was an ugly one compared to the past two games we've had against uh, Wilkes-Barre, this was, <laughs> this was not pretty. But y- y- whether you win ugly or something, you got the two points. And in theory, that could put us in second in the division. Third straight win for the boys. A clean sweep of this mutated week and good to see on them. But the work does not st- stop. In fact, Bears fans, our work is just beginning. Because this week we have a four in Five. That's right boys and girls A Wednesday makeup game At home against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms 7 o'clock start there At Giant Center And then we had due north Hopefully To Oop State New York um, Medical Center Home of the Syracuse Crunch Last time we will face them up there in Syracuse Weather and Corona-chan Permitting we shall see what happens Fingers and toes crossed everyone That it goes smoothly on Friday, and then Saturday, we are double-dipping against those dirty, flightless birds. And we shall see how that goes that that weekend. But we will cover all that on the Friday face-off later on this week. So, everyone, thank you for listening. I know this episode was really long in the tooth. We're reaching nearly the hour mark. I thank you, everyone, for listening to this. I assure you, it is worth it. It's necessary, and it's going to be great. So, possibly looking into maybe a uh, bite-sized bonus Bears episode because one topic I wanted to cover on here was the World Juniors and that fiasco that happened up there in Edmonton and Red Deer. But I don't have enough time on this podcast to do it, but I hope to do it in a a little bonus episode plus the uh, more COVID um, stuff we're dealing with in the NHL. And like I said last time, everyone, before I do go, Yeah, it's a little nuts out there. We're through the holiday season and life goes on and on. It can be too much sometimes, as Gene Starwin once said. But you know what? You guys got this. We really do. I had to deal with my bout of corona chun about a month ago, and I got through it. And I know all of you can too. Just make common sense decisions out there. That's all you got to do. And um, I believe all of you are smart enough to handle whenever... If, well, if the great virus does come your way. But I believe you can do it. So I will join all of you later on in the week for the Friday face-off. As we'll get that going underway. This is going to be a very busy month for us as we have a lot of games to get through. Up to 13 games this month. Lots of goodies. So join me along the way. And next month, I'm looking to get two guests back on the podcast. A couple guests back on. First off, get Corey Schwartz on as we do a hopefully half-season megacast. And then, friend of the podcast, the urinating tree himself returning as we take a look at the lovely chaos that is in the NHL, but that's farther down the line. But everyone, I'll see you Friday for the Friday face-off. And if you got time during the week, join us for a little Bite sized Bears mini-sode, hopefully sometime this week. My name's Richard Blosser. Go Bears! And we'll see you next time.